Good morning. It's Wednesday, November the 15th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm John David Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin on this Wednesday before the Lord Jesus Christ. He is ascended to the right hand of God. He is reigning. He is ruling the heavens and the earth. He is patiently waiting on all to come to repentance. As many as will come, he's waiting patiently. He's holding back, in fact, his return. And that just heightens the sense in which our consecration is so critical. Because this is our shift. This is our time. This is our turn in the kingdom, if you will. So let's consecrate ourselves before him today. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And in belonging to you, we belong to each other. And we are praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, Do You Know What You Are? Our text is Acts chapter 14, verses 14 to 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human, like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. I get the sense Paul and Barnabas didn't see any of this coming. They'd been accustomed to working in a God-oriented context, not God's. They had spent most of their time with Jews and with God-fearing Jews, which is another way of saying Gentiles, who pursued the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These people assumed monotheism, only one God. This incident in Lystra was blowing their minds. These people were not monotheistic Jews and Gentiles. To be sure, they were God-seekers, 
but they were open to gods of all sorts. The scene was getting out of hand. The crowd was about to cut the throat of a bull to sacrifice it as an offering to Paul and Barnabas. Remember, though, why all this was happening. Paul had performed a miracle, calling the man born lame to rise up and walk. They had clearly done a godlike thing. The people's response was not wrong, just misguided. The apostles didn't know what to do, so they did this. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? So far, so good. I believe they made a misstep with their next statement. We too are only human, like you. There's a nuanced concept I would like to convey today, but I fear I will be misunderstood. I need you to stretch with me today. Please also know I do not mean to criticize apostles. It's not my place. All this said, here's my beef. They over-identified with the crowd. It is one thing to renounce the attribution or claim to be a god. It is another thing to renounce or in any way denigrate the status of a human being. It is one of the biggest problems almost all of us have. We do not know what we are. Christians focus a lot on whose we are and who we are, but not nearly enough on what we are. So what are we? We are gloriously fashioned, miraculously created human beings which means we are bearers of the divine image. We were made on the sixth day as the apex act of creation. Yes, we are dust, but Almighty God has breathed into our lungs the breath of life, and we are unbelievable, inconceivable, unrepeatable miracles of God. Behold the psalmist's revealed depiction of what we are. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. That's Psalm 8. We are miraculous, godlike beings, and as such, we are able to do miraculous, godlike things. We possess the capacity to live in union with the God of the cosmos, and we carry the commission to bring other human beings into that communion. We possess the capacity to confer inestimable worth and dignity, even glory, on all of creation, and especially upon our fellow divine image bearers. This must be fully embraced, never abnegated, never mistake self-abnegation for humility. We, too, are only 
human like you. To say we are only human implies we are not enough, that perhaps we should be more, that perhaps we should have been gods, or at least like unto God. It also feels ungrateful. Again, self-abnegation is a poor counterfeit for authentic humility. Humility is the full embrace of the fullness of what we are and the rising up into the fullness of the responsibility that goes with the authority of carrying such glory. We, too, are only human, like you. They went even further in their declamation. Yes, we understand what they were trying to say, but in saying it this way, it had the effect of under-identifying with Jesus and over-identifying with the crowd. Yes, they were human beings and of the same species as the crowd around them, but in a greater way, they were not human beings like the crowd around them. They were the blood-purchased, redeemed, spirit-filled, sanctified, sent ones of Jesus Christ. They had been sent by Jesus to this city and to these people to welcome them into the kingdom of God and the new Holy Spirit-filled humanity who live for the glory of God. They were there to invite the people to become human beings like them, indeed like Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus ever saying, I too am only human like you? Jesus was a human being like us, and yet also very unlike us. He was also very God. Herein lies the gospel. Jesus came as a human like us in order to transform us into a human like him. I lead the confirmation class every Sunday at the Gillette Methodist Church in Gillette, Arkansas. It's one of my favorite things so far as a pastor of this church. It's a group of five young women and one young man between the ages of 11 and 14. Amid all the toxic messages they are receiving from the world, I am trying to teach them what they are as human beings. We repeat this affirmation weekly, and then I text it to them throughout the week. I am an unbelievable, inconceivable, unrepeatable miracle of God. That's what it means to be a human being transformed and transforming into the image of Jesus. I want you to repeat it too. Indeed, it's why we pray the prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. 
I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your transformed humanity and release my deformed humanity. I receive your humility and release my self-abnegation. Come, Holy Spirit. Transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father, Amen. The question, do you struggle with self-abnegation, unproductive self-deprecation, and otherwise denigrating yourself and your humanity? Do you know what you are, Christian? Would you rather become gloriously humble instead? Will you invite Jesus to lead you into this process or deeper therein? Will you repeat after me? I am an unbelievable, inconceivable, unrepeatable miracle of God all day long. I'm going to be listening for that out there. Well, today we're going to sing a Charles Wesley hymn. It's number 244 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. 244, O love divine, what hast thou done? O love divine, what hast thou done? Number 244. All three verses. O love divine, what hast thou done? The immortal God hath died for me, the Father's co-eternal Son bore all my sins upon the tree. The immortal God for me hath died, my Lord, my love is crucified is crucified for me and you to bring us rebels back to God. Believe, believe the record true. Ye all are bought with Jesus' blood. Pardon for all flows from his side. My Lord, my love is crucified. Behold him, all ye that pass by, the bleeding prince of life and peace. Come, sinner, see your Savior die. And say, was ever grief like his? 
Come feel with me his blood applied. My Lord, my love is crucified. I don't know if I've ever sang that hymn. Feels familiar. It certainly sounds familiar, but wow. That last line. Come feel with me his blood applied. My Lord, my love is crucified. You know, I think about those Lystrians. (laughs) They were about to cut the throat of a bull. And you know what? They were probably going to get blood all over them in that sacrifice that they were going to make. And they were going to worship, you know, Paul and, and Barnabas. You just can see that scene in that primal humanity seeking, yearning, going after gods, trying to find God. And you think, man, that's that's who we were. That's who we used to be. That in unredeemed state, that's who we are. And God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem us from the law. His blood has saved us. I don't talk enough about the blood of Jesus. I'll just confess it today. And I sense so much. I need his blood applied. You know, it's not one and done. It's ongoing transformation. We need the blood to feel his blood applied. He saves us not just a little bit, but completely. There's power in the blood. Maybe we'll sing that one tomorrow. Wonderful power. So many hymns lift that out. We've not sung enough of them here. But that's how we are transformed, right? This this has been a costly. He has purchased humanity at great cost. And we want to respond with all that we are. We want to be all that he made us to be. We want to know what we are so that we can become who we are. Right? Repeat after me. I am an unbelievable, inconceivable, unrepeatable miracle of God. Yeah, get your seeds, gang. I'm getting mine. It's Wednesday. I'll see you on the field. For The Awakening. I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.